Are the New Orleans Saints on their way to a third straight injury-riddled season already? We got all of that and a little bit of land yet for you on today's episode of Locked on Saints. You are Locked on Saints, your daily New Orleans Saints podcast, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. What is good, Houdat Nation and Houdat family? Welcome in to another episode of Locked on Saints, your daily podcast covering your favorite team, the New Orleans Saints, part of Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you so much, as always, for making Locked on Saints your first listen of the day every day to all you everydayers out there. And as always, if you'd like to subscribe or follow, you can always do so for free on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts. And if you want to keep the conversation going one-on-one with me, as well as take part in our exclusive film studies, inside information, and of course, Q&As, I'd love for you to head over to joinsubtext.com slash locked on saints to see if it's for you. As always, I'm your host, Ross Jackson, at Ross Jackson Nola on Twitter, your New Orleans Saints expert, credential member of the media, senior writer and reporter over at Saints News Network, Sports Illustrated's fan nation site covering the New Orleans Saints. You'd also find me every single Friday, or excuse me, Tuesday on the Locked on NFL podcast and here with you every single Monday through Friday on Locked on Saints. On today's episode of Locked on Saints, New Orleans Saints move five players over to preseason injury list. We're going to talk about why this isn't the worst case scenario. We'll also take a look at sounding or quieting the alarm on each of the individual five players and their designations. But first, injury issues already for the New Orleans Saints. So the Saints moving five of these players over to preseason injury list seems like a big deal, but I'm going to explain to you here the big takeaway, which is there's no need to fully go into panic mode on this just yet. So let's discuss who was moved, what the two lists mean, what that means for the Saints moving forward, and when you should start to panic about the players. So let's start off first with the players and, and what the two lists are. So the Saints took advantage of two of the preseason injury lists, the non-football injury list or the NFI list, as well as the PUP list or the physically unable to perform list. The two lists actually operate almost ex- exactly the same way. There's two small nuances. Payment is one part of it. And then the other part of it is um, the source of the injury. So the Saints moved wide receivers, Shaq Davis and A.T. Perry, Zach Davis, of course, came in as an undrafted free agent, A.T. Perry drafted in the sixth round, as well as third round running back and rookie Kendra Miller to the NFI list. That means that their injuries took place away from the NFL, away from NFL sanctioned practices, weight rooms, uh, games, obviously, stuff like that. Whereas undrafted DB Anthony Johnson and fourth round guard, who was selected in this year's draft, Nick Saldaveri were moved to the physically unable to perform list or the PUP list. That means that their injuries took place during an NFL-sanctioned event, which they did. Both Nick Saldaveri and Anthony Johnson suffered their injuries during OTAs. So that's the difference between these two lists. What I will say is that the physically unable to perform list, also, you're, if, even if you're on that list, you're still like guaranteed payment throughout the games that you miss and things like that in the regular season, if you miss any games during the regular season. Uh, NFI, you're not fully entitled to your pay, but you can organize or, or or negotiate something with the team. The the NFI list was sort of the one that we looked at and said, okay, if Foss Moreau is not ready to begin the season, but you still wanted to sign him, you could sign him, put him on the NFI list. 
he misses the first four games and you can make a decision to bring him back as soon as he's cleared after that. Obviously, the Saints don't have to do that anymore because he's he's already back. He's already cleared. He's already in remission, all these other things. So that's where the Saints stand right now. Three players, A.T. Perry, Shaq Davis, Kendra Miller headed to the non-football injury list, which simply means that their injuries took place away from the NFL game, not just away from football as a whole, right? It can happen to where you bring an you bring an injury in from college and then you end up on the NFI list because you're not sure that they're going to be ready to start camp. That's Kendra Miller's case, for instance. Same thing happened with Rashid Shahid, the undrafted uh, free agent wide receiver from last year, who we're all very excited about seeing his second year this year. He went out, balled out for 12 games last year, but he started on the NFI list because he was rehabbing a collegiate injury as he came in. Another example of this would be a guy like Noah Spence, who years ago ended up being injured dirt while being away from the facility, training and getting ready for training camp. Because the alternative is you take the entire, you know, six weeks off or whatever and do nothing and then come into camp out of shape. And that's something that we should acknowledge when it comes to guys like Shaq Davis and A.T. Perry is that that's an option. That is a possibility as well, that it's not necessarily an injury that took place away from the facility. Instead, it could simply be that they came in and maybe their conditioning or, or something like that is something that needs to be improved and needs to be worked on. Because if you're on the NFI list, as well as the PUP list, you can participate in conditioning drills. You can be present. You can be in the weight room, not in the weight room. You can be in the film room. You can be working with trainers, all these other things. You just can't participate in practice, but you can be activated from these lists at any time. So that gives us a little bit of an overview in terms of what the two lists mean and who are the players that were moved to each list. Now, when should you start to be concerned? When should you start to panic about these players? The fact of the matter is that the more practice that they miss, the more that you should begin to sort of feel a little bit of a panic around whether or not they're going to be available. And really, like, there's, let's be real, there's a couple of guys on this list that you should be, that you should be invested in. Here's a couple of guys in this list to where if, if it doesn't work out, it doesn't work out. And that's unfortunate, but it's not the end of the New Orleans Saints season. So I, I think what you're looking at here, though, are guys like Kendra Miller, A.T. Perry, Nick Saldaveri, the drafted players, Shaq Davis, Anthony Johnson coming in as UDFAs just kind of depends upon how you feel about them. Some people are hype about them. Some people aren't. Some people understand how hard it is to make the roster at both of those positions, all those things. But uh, presumably, the majority of the fan base will look at the three drafted guys and say, oh my goodness, like they're already injured. They, they, they're not available for the season. They're out. And that's not the case. Neither, none of these players are currently out for the season or anything like that. Could that end up being the case? Yeah, it can. Uh, but that doesn't seem likely right now. And the reason why I mentioned that doesn't seem likely is because I mentioned the Rashid Shahid piece from last year, right? He came in on the NFI list, rehabbed, worked, and then got back out into the field, made the practice squad, then eventually went up to the active roster and then became the Rashid Shahid that we know. Last year, also, before training camp began on July 21st, Michael Thomas was moved to the PUP list, the physically unable to perform list. On July 27th, he was activated from that list because he had participated in the first day of, uh, of training camp. So this isn't a, these players are guaranteed to miss an X amount of time type of uh, an injury list. It's not the injured reserve like we know it during the regular season, where you're required to miss X amount of games, three games before you can come back. If these players started the season after the preseason, after 53-man roster cuts, if they started the season on these lists, then on, in either case, they would have to miss, they would be required to miss the first four games, but they could be activated at any time after that. And so that's what you're waiting to see. But really the thing is, is not only, especially because it's not just like, will these guys ever come off the list in time for the season? What you're also watching for is how much practice these guys miss. Like a guy like A.T. Perry, 
he's had all these issues with contested catches and catching and stuff like that. You you can't miss practice. Like you have to be out there. And so he would want the number of practices that he misses, if any, if any, considering the Michael Thomas example from last year, to be pretty bare bones so that he can go out there and show, hey, look, here are all the things that I can do. Kendra Miller didn't even get the opportunity to participate in OTAs, mini camps, mandatory mini camps, rookie mini camps, all that stuff. So obviously he wants to be out there. Similar for Nick Saldaveri, who was injured, if I, remember, if I recall correctly, the first week of OTAs. And so it was the second week of OTAs we came back and he was missing. So I, I, when I say like, don't panic about this, what I mean is don't panic about it yet. If these guys start missing two, three weeks, if we get to the preseason and they're still on these lists, hit your, hit your buttons, sound your alarms, do all that other stuff. Let's take a look at the sort of severity of each of these players being on this list, what we know contextually about each one, and what that informs us about whether or not we should at least be, maybe not panicking, but should we be sounding an alarm or quieting alarm on each one of these? We're going to discuss all five as we continue on with today's episode of Locked on Saints, part of Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Today's episode of Locked on Saints brought to you by America's number one sportsbook, FanDuel. And it's about time. The NFL season's right around the corner. You're going to want to get a little bit of a head start with all that. And you could do that right now with MLB games that are waiting for you. Because if you take your first swing betting on MLB odds over at FanDuel, you're going to get 10 times your first bet amount back in bonus bets up to $200. So that means that if you take 20 bucks and put it down on the Astros or you put it down on the Braves to win a game, you're going to land an additional $200 in bonus bets, whether you win or lose that first $20 bet. Then you can take that $200 in bonus bets. You can use it on everything from the money line to over-unders to who you think is going to hit the first home run. You could save it for the NFL season. Whatever it is that you want to do with it, you'll be able to do with it. All on an app that's safe, secure, and super easy to use. Plus, when you win, you get paid out instantly. It doesn't get any better than America's number one sports book and number one app, FanDuel. Sign up today at FanDuel.com slash locked on. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on to get that $200 or up to $200 in bonus bets. FanDuel, official partner of Major League Baseball. All right, family, continuing on with today's episode of Locked on Saints. Big thank you to all the everydayers out there, as always, making us your first listen of the day every day. It's a little bit of a different midweek fundamentals episode today. We were going to take a look at salary cap, 53-man roster, how that all impacts one another, roster building, practice squad, everything. But then we got news about these uh, New Orleans Saints taking advantage of these preseason injury lists. So we kind of took midweek fundamentals in a different direction. Now that we've talked about what the two injury lists are and the, the, the very nuanced differences between the two, Let's look at each of the players, and we're going to decide whether or not we're sounding the alarm or quieting the alarm on these designations. We'll start off with the physically unable to perform list because this is the list that includes players that were injured during an NFL practice or NFL you know, offseason event of some sort, um, and therefore we just kind of know a little bit more about these injuries because we kind of saw them happen. So for instance, guard Nick Saldaveri, who might be the biggest name on this list in terms of being the most like surprising player on this list. Kendra Miller is a close second, but we kind of expected this with Kendra Miller. Uh, and so we just kind of have to see what happens there. But for Nick Saldaveri, we know that the injury happened during the first week of OTAs. We know that the injury is a calf injury. And we know that there was an expectation that he would be ready for the beginning of training camp. And that, again, could still be true. I'll remind you, Michael Thomas, July 21st last year, added to the physically unable to perform list. And then July 27th, the, basically the day after the first day of camp where he participated, 
ended up coming off of the list. The same thing could happen with Nick Saldaveri. Same thing could happen with Anthony Johnson. So I'm quieting the alarm on this one. We already know the injury. We already know what it is. We've seen him since working out, you know, being outside, being, you know, being around and all this other stuff. I'm not super concerned about this one yet. I'd like to quiet the alarm on this one because it, A, it's not outside of the realm of expectation. You remember that Dennis Allen had mentioned, I think it was the third week of OTAs that they, or no, it was right after mini camps that they expect that everyone will be available to begin training camp. There's maybe one player that's kind of questionable that he would call for camp. I assumed that that one player, and I mentioned this on the show, I'm, I was pretty sure that that one player would be Nick Saldaveri or Anthony Johnson. So neither of these guys are super surprising. Let's see what happens on the 26th when camp opens. Is Nick Saldaveri out there? Anthony Johnson, the DB, sound the alarm or quiet the alarm on this one. I think for this one, I'll also quiet the alarm and kind of give the same respect that I'm looking at it through the lens, uh, look at it through the same lens of respect that I'm looking at it from the Nick Saldaveri angle. Because again, we know that the injury happened. We watched him walk off the field. We actually watched, he was actually around after that, after the injury, stuff like that. We just didn't see him for the rest of OTAs and minicamp and stuff like that. So this one, again, not fully surprising, hasn't really been around since the injury that knocked him out that one day. I believe that was the second day of OTAs that was open to the media. So the first day of the second week of OTAs, it, it, it's it's just a situation to where you kind of have to sit back and go, okay, let's wait and see on both of these guys. So I'm quieting the alarm on both of these because we kind of already know where all of it's coming from. Let's get over to the NFI list. Kendra Miller, we'll start off with him. Biggest name of the three, uh, third round, you know, rookie drafted, all that placed on the non-football injury list, meaning that his injury happened away from the Saints facility happened away from the NFL events of the offseason and all that. It's very likely that Kendra Miller's NFI designation is simply tied to his uh, his his MCL injury that he came into the NFL with that we all knew about and that we knew was going to be a thing. But the expectation was always that he was going to be ready for training camp. So for right now, I'll quiet the alarm on this one. But if he's not out there the first day of training camp, then maybe you move from DEFCON 5 to DEFCON 4. Remember, you count you count backwards in the DEFCON rating. Um, couple of hip hop guys that probably should know that. And so <laughs> I think that when you look at where Kendra Miller is, that one's probably the one that you would probably take from quiet the alarm to sound the alarm the quickest. But the expectation has always been that he's going to be ready for camp. So unless this is something new, that's the expectation that we should still carry. And if he's not out there the first day of camp, then yeah, maybe you do sound the alarm on it a little bit because that's a position that you don't want to see extended injuries running back. We're seeing what's happening around the NFL. We're seeing what's happening and all that. And I should mention too that I keep saying that Alvin Kamara and um and Jamal Williams are 29. They're 28 years old. So back everything up a year when I talk about those guys, because for whatever reason, I keep adding a year to them. Um, but Kendrick Miller, I'll, I'll quiet the alarm on that one right now. But I'm ready to sound the alarm. Like I have my hand on the on the the fire alarm. I'm ready to pull, but I'm not not quite there yet. Want to see what happens and uh, how quickly he's able to get back out on the field. So we'll wait until the first day of training camp for that one. Um, let's put together. The undrafted wide receiver in Jack Davis, as well as the drafted wide receiver in A.T. Perry, because I'm sounding the alarm on both of these. Um, these are both guys that have a really good opportunity ahead of them. And if they miss any training camp time, it's going to be a detriment to them. So I'm sounding the alarm on them for two reasons. The first of which is because if they miss practice time, it could be a detriment for their opportunity to make the roster, right? Like that's the biggest thing. Like both these guys have so much to prove. A.T. Perry in particular, there's a lot of hype around him. There's a lot of people that are ready to see him. Uh, Shaq Davis is a guy that I picked to be the um, you know training camp stud. I thought A.T. Perry deserved to be in that conversation as well. Now, both of these guys on the NFI list, without a clear understanding as to 
why. And that's the difference between the two of them, Anthony Johnson, whose injury we watched, uh, Nick Saldaveri, who we know was a calf injury, and Kendra Miller, who I'm pretty sure is on the NFI list, still connected to the MCL injury that he suffered at TCU. So what happened with Shaq Davis and A.T. Perry? Is this a situation in which they were away and they were training and then they suffered an injury that kind of, you know, that 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 led them to this list, which we're going to discuss why that would be, why why what didn't happen is more important than what did happen in just a moment on that idea? Uh, or is it a situation where they showed up and they were out of shape or something like that, that led to this sort of like NFI list that ends up putting them in a thing? I don't think that would happen because technically you have to have an injury to be on the list and everything. So I don't know that that would be the case. And so to me, it seems more likely that they went away and then something happened while they were away and they were they were getting ready. So we just have a little bit less clarity in terms of what it is, what happened, what those injuries are, how severe are they, all those other things. So I'm going to sound the alarm on those two right now as ones to watch. I'm not talking about DEFCON 5 all the way up to DEFCON 1. I'm talking DEFCON 5 to DEFCON 4 here. And let's sound the alarm, pay attention to it, and then see, see what happens. But, you know, uh, I'll stress again, there's a chance that some some group of potentially all, potentially none of these five players are on the field on July 26th when training camp kicks off in earnest. Um, we just don't know. We kind of have to wait and see. Um, the The Michael Thomas example is one that I'll continue to lean on when it comes to the PUP list. How quickly you can come on and off that list, you, you can immediately be activated from it, all that. Um, the Rashid Shaheed example for the NFI coming in with an injury as a drafted player or an undrafted player, that's what's basically happening in Kendra Miller's case. How long does it take for you to be able to get him out there? Is this just exactly what we expected? And is this designation just a just in case? That way, if he misses the first first day, you're already on the list. Everybody understands kind of what's going on. We'll see. But so I'm not sounding the alarm. I'm quieting an alarm on Nick Saldaveri, Kendra Miller, and Anthony Johnson. But I'm ready to sound the alarm a little bit on Shaq Davis and A.T. Perry relative to the other guys. Coming up next, why this isn't the worst case scenario for any of these guys and the New Orleans Saints. Got that coming up for you. As we wrap up today's episode of Locked on Saints, part of Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Let's get it. Who that Nation wrapping up today's episode of Locked on Saints with a look now at why this isn't the worst case scenario for these five players that have been moved to preseason injury lists, whether NFI or PUP. Um, if uh, real quick, I want to remind you about our subtext just because it's got a lot of information on this that I've already been sending out. A lot of folks already got information on this from me yesterday. Join subtext.com slash locked on Saints, place B, 14 day free trial, $4.99 a month after that if you want to stick around, but at least come through, give it a shot, especially during camp where I can send you a bunch of good stuff. So I want to start off here with uh, or, or wrap up today's show with, with why this is the worst case scenario. So I mentioned that with A.T. Perry and Shaq Davis, because we didn't see their injuries and we're not really sure where these injuries came from. Um, the way that we are with Kendra Miller, Anthony Johnson, Nick Saldaveri, who all have something to trace back to, that with Shaq Davis and A.T. Perry, there's a chance that they went away and while they were away from this facility, trying to work out, get ready for the season, or, or rather for training camp, that something happened to them. And I mentioned we would circle back to why that's actually not the worst, why it doesn't seem like it's the worst case scenario for right now if, if that happened. I, I want to take you back to Noah Spence. Um, Noah Spence, a few years ago, a speedy edge rusher that the New Orleans Saints signed and literally like almost never even got a look at. They signed him over the course of the offseason um, on a one-year deal, comes to New Orleans, participates in mandatory minicamp, stuff like that, goes away. And then while he was getting ready for training camp, while he was prepping for training camp, I remember I was living in 
um, Sherman Oaks, California, north of Los Angeles at the time. I had just gone to Trader Joe's. I was walking back to my apartment right around the corner from the park, and I saw the notification pop up on my phone uh, that said, Noah Spence added to preseason injury reserve list because of, I believe it was a ruptured Achilles, uh, while training and getting ready for training camp, his season's over. You know, Ian Rappaport always has like the one last sentence at the end of every tweet, season's over. They got their guy, whatever it is. Um, that's worst case scenario. That's worst case scenario, right? A guy goes away after mandatory mini camps, is excited about an opportunity, goes to try to get ready for training camp. You have to train while you're away. You could take a vacation for a little while. You can go, you could travel, you could do all this other stuff, but it, eventually you have to get back into it. You, you can't stay away from it the entire time and away from the facility, away from the trainers, away from the equipment, all this other stuff. You're, you're working with other people, you're working on everything, and then something bad happens. A ruptured Achilles, a torn ACL, a, a broken foot, a broken tibula, like whatever, like whatever it might be. These things, or fibula, I guess, would be the one that's more likely to be broken. But um, yeah, these th that's the worst case scenario. And, and that's not what happened with A.T. Perry and Shaq Davis. Seeing them come back and be placed on the non-football injury list as opposed to being placed on the pre as, as opposed to being placed on the injured reserve list is is a big deal. Um, and it's a big deal in the right way. Because if you go on injured reserve during the offseason, you're finished. Like, that's it. Your season's done. Think back to Smoke Monday. Think back to DeMarco Jackson. And, and those two guys didn't start on the physically unable to perform list or the NFI list. They were there at training camp and then got injured during training camp in August or whenever it was, and then went directly to injured reserve because of, the, because of that injury. Um, Smoke Monday was, if I remember correctly, was a knee injury. And then with DeMarco Jackson, it was undisclosed what his injury was at the time. So... It's not the worst case scenario to see this happen to these guys. Is it great? No, not at all. Because the New Orleans Saints have already dealt with so many injuries. And this just seems to follow that pattern again of here they are dealing with the injuries before the season even begins, before these guys even get out of the practice field. But it's not for nothing, right? It's not because these guys just like went outside one day to enjoy a sunny day and got hurt. At least we don't think so, right? Nick Saldaveri, Anthony Johnson, Kendra Miller, we know where all of it comes from. A.T. Perry, Shaq Davis, you can kind of bet that these were guys that maybe got hurt away from the facility trying to get ready for training camp. It happens. Uh, but is it great? No. Is it worst case scenario, though? No. Um, the other thing that I, I want to discuss before we wrap up, just in terms of the injury history for the New Orleans Saints as of late, this is a team that set an NFL record two years ago with the, the most starters ever uh, in a season. Last year, they dealt with Another slew of injuries. Their starting offensive line never played together. If you assume that the starting offensive line was to include Trevor Penning, who had the preseason injury during um, during uh, the Los Angeles Rams, or excuse me, Los Angeles Chargers. My apologies. Uh, preseason game, and he was a guy that didn't go on injured reserve during the preseason, made the fifty-three man roster, and then went on injured reserve after the season had officially begun because that kept his season from being over. Had he gone on to injured reserve immediately, it would have ended his ended his, his his entire rookie season. So they waited, put him on the 53-man roster, moved him to injured reserve from the 53-man roster, and then that was what opened the door for him to return 12 games later. In any case, if the New Orleans Saints were to carry any of these guys into 2023 on either of these lists, PUP or NFI, they'd be required to miss the first four games, but could be activated immediately at any point after that. 
um, if they make it onto the 53-man roster and then get moved to injured reserve, it's at least three games, but obviously could go longer. If they go straight from NFI to physically unable to perform, or sorry, NFI or physically unable to perform into the injured reserve list before the season begins, before the 53-man roster cut down, their season's over. So with the way that everything has been going for the Saints over the course of the past couple of years, I understand why people look at it and go, worst case scenario, right? Like, disaster, right? Just an an immediate assumption that everything's going to go south. I get it. I understand because everything that you've been conditioned to believe about injuries around this team for the past two years has gone south, hasn't been great with the exception of some of the preseason stuff with Michael Thomas starting up earlier than expected, things like that over the course of the past two years. It's all good, but I understand. I get it. But what I will say is that eventually the tide kind of has to turn when it comes to the Saints and injuries, which doesn't mean that they're all going to go away, right? We've talked about this before. There's no way that you take historically bad injury luck and go to historically good injury luck. That's not going to happen. But there is a world in which you go from historically bad injury luck to injury luck. And hopefully the Saints make it to somewhere within that spectrum of historically bad to standard injury luck across the NFL. Because the Saints were not the only players to, or the only team to move players to uh, NFI or to uh, physically unable to perform. We know that like... um, uh, Hendon Hooker will likely start there. We know that a couple of players were moved to, uh, you know, one player was moved to injured reserve and his season's over already. And so at least the Saints didn't have any of those situations just yet. But man, as we get into training camp, you're certainly going to be watching. And especially as rookies report on the 25th, or excuse me, I'm so sorry, veterans report on the 25th. Are there any veterans that end up going on this list? Uh, we'll see. But I think as of right now, the big thing is let's wait and figure out what happens the first day of camp how many of these players end up actually being present versus not present. And then we can start, we can revisit the idea of whether we should be sounding or quieting the alarm from there. Because the more practice that they miss, especially all of these guys are rookies, the more practice that they miss, the more detrimental it is for them in their case. That's just the bottom line. All right, y'all, big thank you to all you everydayers out there making us your first listen of the day every day. Coming up on tomorrow's episode for Thursday, we're wrapping up our preseason training camp battle preview, taking a look at the defensive interior as well as the offensive line, looking at two rookies who are looking to uh, maybe steal a starting role right away. We got that coming up for you on tomorrow's episode of Locked on Saints. As always, y'all, I appreciate you so much for making Locked on Saints a part of your day, part of your routine for saying yes to me and the show. As always, if you see me, say hi. And if you need anything else around your New Orleans Saints in between these episodes, Make sure you follow me on Twitter at Ross Jackson, N-O-L-A. Hit me up. Let me know how the family's doing. Let me know how you're living. Let me know how you're moming them. And trust you, that nation, I'll holla at you.